This is First Read, a podcast of Edenton Street United Methodist Church, where the preachers for this upcoming Sunday read the appointed text for the first time. Join us now for our first read. This coming Sunday is January 7th, and we will be celebrating the Feast of the Epiphany in worship this Sunday. The scripture passages are Isaiah 60, 1 through 6, Psalm 72, 1 through 7, and 10 through 14. We probably should also read 8 and 9. I don't know why we would cut those out, but we did. That's just what happens. Ephesians 3, 1 through 12, and the classic epiphany text, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. My name is Amanda Rigby, and I will be preaching in the gathering this Sunday. And my name is Krisha Jamis, and I will be preaching in the sanctuary. My name is Emmanuel Lirak. I will not be preaching, but I will be uh, filling in for Lee in the gathering on the music. And you'll probably hear my voice uh, a good bit in the future as well. Yay! Yay! Well, I'm going to go ahead and read our um, gospel text for Epiphany Sunday, which is Matthew 2, 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea, during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. They gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, in, Beth- in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from, from them the time when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you found them, him, report to me that I too may go and honor him. When they heard the king, they went back, and look, the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother. Falling to their knees, they honored him. They opened their treasure chest and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Because they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be Thanks to, to God. God. Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany Sunday. Amanda, do you want to um, remind us what Epiphany, or maybe teach us what Epiphany Sunday is? Yeah, I'd be glad to. So Epiphany is actually, I just learned this, an older <laughs> celebration than even Christmas in the life of the church. Um, Epiphany was always historically the celebration of the story that we just read when these three uh, Gentile wise men from the East come and recognize Jesus and not just as a baby born in a stable, but as the son of God. 
and they honor him with their many gifts, which uh, I've seen lots of jokes about in the recent past <laughs> of like, why, why'd they bring frankincense for a baby? <laughs> you know, it's just funny. Um, gold. Women would have brought like diapers and bottles and <laughs> onesies. <laughs> well, ancient Near East baby showers were weird. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so the church has traditionally celebrated Epiphany on this 13th day of Christmas, January 6th, and we'll be celebrating on the 7th um, because that's the nearest day to this feast celebration. So that's Epiphany. Um, historically, Advent um, has been a time of preparation for baptism. And so um, because uh, they come to Jesus a little bit later and um, they're kind of They've just celebrated what would have been his naming ceremony um, and because historically candidates for baptism were being prepared in the season of Advent, um, this day of Epiphany has also been associated with the celebration of baptism and mm. new life and um, all of the things that come along with that. So that's Epiphany. I had a couple of epiphanies while I was reading this text. Um, <clears throat> of course, for the very first time ever. Just kidding. I've read it before. <clears throat> I've read it once or twice before. But um, one of the things that really perked my ears up was uh, when King Herod heard this, this um, honor that these three men are bringing to Jesus. When he heard this, he was troubled and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. Hmm. I don't think I've ever heard that before. At least not that clearly. And then he gathered a ton of powerful people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably the most intelligent, the experts of the law. Uh, it was like a whole CSI like crime scene investigation to try and figure out where <laughs> this Christ child was going to be born. That's right. Yes, all of these powerful people. And they're all troubled, it says. And I think it's so interesting because so often we talk about Jesus as good news, right? The coming of uh, the incarnate God into the world for the sake of salvation and healing and restoration and resurrection and all of those things that Jesus brings, um, justice, peace, hope, love, all of those things, uh, you would think they would be good news. But I wonder what it means when the news about Jesus troubles you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about, you know, a few weeks ago in Advent, um, we preached about Mary, you know, who sings this song about this leveling that happens where mm. um, the, the lowly um, rise and the rich. Um, there's just like everything is upended. And so like sometimes Jesus isn't good news depending on where your vantage point is, where you're mm -hmm. standing. Um because there's going to be a leveling that happens and um, your whole world might be upended. Mm -hmm. The things that you uh, called true, that you sought after um, your desires, the things that you love um, are 
going to be threatened with Jesus mm. because he completely reorients um, what love is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this um, like physical posturing in this passage where mm-hmm. they fell to their knees, right? Mm. Uh, like we're sitting fairly relaxed in the Eaton Street studio right now on <laughs> some like pretty cozy chairs. Mm. And, and I feel like that lends itself to something uh, mm. in worship when we say, please rise or take up a, a posture um, mm-hmm. of standing, of resurrection posture. We like get up out of our seats and stand. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, you might've heard last week, I came from a Catholic background and we kneel a lot in that um Mm. that tradition, Mm. Uh, but we don't much kneel in the Methodist tradition. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that that falling to knees sticks out to me here. Mm -hmm. There's a a kind of humbling that comes with the epiphany of recognizing Jesus that I think someone like Herod would be troubled by because he has a lot to lose. Oh, yeah. His whole position, livelihood, like everything's now going to be threatened. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I think that's also true for these wise men, these people from the East. I mean, they, they're humbled by this, too. But their response, it says they were filled with joy rather than being troubled. Which makes me wonder why. Mm-hmm. Why are they filled with joy? Mm-hmm. Why aren't they troubled? I don't know. I think it's really interesting. Um, so you guys talked about like the things that stood out to you. The word treasure chest <laughs> stood out to me. I know that's... <laughs> Weird. It's like we went all Pirates of the Caribbean all of a sudden in this um, scripture passage. Mm. But we're told that they opened their treasure chest and presented these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, Yeah, we're talking about this, like how Herod is threatened by, um, and so he is clinging to like the wealth and the power, Mm -hmm. his treasure. Um, And then we have these magi who receive with like the news of Christ with joy. Um, And instead of like clenching their fists around this treasure, they take it like what the world considers valuable, frankincense and myrrh and um, gold. Uh, Their intelligence that these men have, they obviously are smart. They're tracking stars and, astrology and and trying to figure out where this Christ child is born like that they have maps they're they're smart people they have resources and power and wealth and instead of trying to um, protect it they actually open themselves up and lay it at the altar they like lay it at Christ and um, you Mm -hmm. can almost see where um, they're saying like God you can now use uh, everything we have, our gold, our power, our wealth for your good. Mm. So maybe that's the difference then, right? Instead of slamming shut their treasure chests, they're opening them. 
Their posture is open. Yeah. Ready to receive this epiphany, this realization, this understanding that changes everything. Which makes me wonder here, like, or in my own life, like, what am I clinging to (laughs) that I refuse? Like, what treasure, Mm -hmm. whatever it happens to be, it could be a way of living or a love that I'm chasing after, desires, like what, whatever it happens to be, money, um, like what treasure am I holding to so tightly that I refuse um, to let, I don't know, to let go of it and to mm-hmm. offer it up to God so that it can be used and, and redeemed. Is that a question? I don't know. We're I mean, it can be. I mean, I'm on first read right now. We're about to get real, real deep here, y'all. It's going to turn into a, a therapy session. Oh. No, I don't. I don't even know if that's a question I could even answer right now without thinking and pondering. And, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, it would take me a little bit to think about it. But I just wonder in our own lives what we're, what I'm, what I'm holding so tight. And when I refuse to submit and hand over to God. Yeah. I think there's probably more things in my life that I cling to. This is a conversation that I have with my spiritual director on about a monthly basis, which is that the posture for a healthy spirituality is one of openness. She always tells me, reminds me over and over again, like, Amanda, you have to hold things close to you, but hold them loosely. Hmm. And I still don't know how to do that. Hmm. Like, I grasp so tightly to everything Hmm. all the time. Relationships and work and even my own internal feelings and thoughts and prayers are just white knuckled Mm. all the time. And so the primary work that I do with my spiritual director is just like slowly unclenching my fists every month. And over the course of the next month, they get tighter again. Then I go back and then I sit with her again and she helps me unclench my fists again. And it's interesting, like we hear, um, I think in verse seven, that Herod secretly called for the Magi. Mm. <laughs> like there's this this air of like, um, I don't know. He's holding even secrets close mm-hmm. close to him yeah. um, alone. Yeah. And then we have the three wise men who mm-hmm. exist in community with one another. And maybe there's something to be said about them journeying and doing life together that allows them to hold a different posture with these Mm -hmm. these treasures that the you know that the world holds so dear um that they don't feel like they have to guard them that there's something to be said about two other people journeying alongside of you that Mm -hmm. helps you name and see these treasures in a way that can lead to life rather than death in a way of openness rather than secrets yeah and to speak to Emmanuel, your thoughts about this posture, it might be easier to take a humble p- 
posture of submission when you're mm. with others, when it's not just you having to kneel, but you're kneeling alongside these others yeah. who are doing life with you. Yeah. Makes me think of, um, this is something that I feel like happens in youth group a lot <laughs> mm. or not a lot, but like occasionally, uh, this practice of, um, if you hold one hand, like imagine listeners, you can't see what I'm doing right now, <laughs> but if you were to take both of your hands and point both of your thumbs to the left mm. and you would do this in a circle so that your left hand supports somebody mm. and then your right hand leans on somebody. Mm. So this is similar to that posture of like, okay, I'm open to receive um, somebody's help, God's help, a friend's help. And at the same time, I'm holding somebody up too. Mm. Um, and, and by virtue of like where your hands will end up in the circle is like you can't be closed to yourself. You're opening up yourself to a lot. Mm. And that's epiphany. Mm-hmm. Being opened. Yeah. To recognize mm-hmm. where God is. Krisha, tell us about the, the wise men. What does that remind you of? You said it right before we started oh. recording. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I was just uh, commenting about uh, how Trinitarian it was um, that these three, these three wise men um, show up in this story. Hmm. Yeah. I'm There's, sure I could do a whole bunch of research and reading that, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's that image that we see throughout all of scripture mm-hmm. from very, the very beginning. But um, yeah, I love that the the invitation of Epiphany is to participate in this holy relationship. Like that's what that's what we've landed on today. It's like yeah. the Epiphany isn't just about this you know, one-on-one special relationship with Jesus. That's so often what we focus on in the church is like, if you're good with Jesus, then you're good. (laughs) Um, But the invitation of Epiphany is um, very communal. It's it's very much about the way that we humbly submit to God with one another. Um, And the way that we, we actually can't hear the good news about Jesus by ourselves. It's actually not good news if we're alone. Yeah, yeah, Herod. It troubles us. It absolutely does. Yeah. So we need each other for this to actually be good news. It's impossible to recognize Christ um, without community. Mm. Well, this Sunday, <laughs> we're going to gather in community so that we might recognize Christ and we might have our own epiphany about the love of God made flesh in the world. We well, hope to see you there. Bye, y'all. See you then.